Welcome to Aw Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> uh, I think what's exciting about this week is that we haven't really seen any official Mike Mignola art for quite a while. I know. And he's returned for this week's, we're covering, of course, a one-shot or one-issue story in the Chapel of Moloch, and... Mike is back at it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's the biggest highlight of this. Um, totally. And that being said, I mean, that's all we're covering this time. I don't, I think I'm just going to get right into it, Kate. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Um, before you get into the credits and everything, I think I just want to read the foreword. Yeah. Because it sort yeah, of touches I mean, on his return at this brief little moment in sort of his like overall hiatus is the wrong word, but he stepped away from the main storyline mm-hmm. of Hellboy. He's not drawing it. It's currently Duncan Fregredo, which we'll get to the wild hunt later in the season. But this is like him returning to it just to like, I'll let him, I'll let him say it better than me. Here we go. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, he has, he has to say, I'm actually going to, I have this, my iPad. I was trying something, but it won't work like I want it. So I have to take it off a stand, my iPad. That will, uh, One day that will work for hey, me. Hey, you, you, you tried it. I tried. It failed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here we go. He says, I hadn't drawn a Hellboy story in a few years. I was doing too much writing for other artists, and I was beginning to worry that I'd forgotten how to do a whole story myself. I decided to ease myself back into, the, into it. A story mostly set in a dark room seemed like a good idea. <laughs> That's like, a, to me, it makes me think of like a director's that say like after they do like a big budget movie, they're like, can I just do a movie where there's two actors in one room? Yeah. <laughs> and he says, add to that an excuse to copy Goya drawings. All Jerry's paintings are based on prints from Goya's Los Cap- Caprizos series. Do you know about that? I'm not a big Goya. I don't know much about Goya. I um, mean, I I just know kind of like, I, I know of him from studying art at college and stuff um i didn't i never like went deep on him and stuff like i feel like the you know he did a lot of like kind of like violent or macabre kind of paintings and etchings and um yeah just does like a lot of cool like if you like look him up there's like one of his like really popular etchings is the sleep of reason and it has like all crazy witch familiar kind of looking things like coming descending down on this guy who's like covering his head at a desk either Mm. sleeping like sleeping and imagining it or like i did like an art project on the saturn devouring his son yeah like greek mythology shit but it's, it's like pretty brutal painting yeah, that's the one that the Saturn one is the one I know the most. Yeah, I feel like those are like his really popular works, but he's got just like no shortage of etchings that have just kind of like, you know, like witches flying or like uh, <laughs> like skulls. And but for this, like and he'll talk, uh, Mignola will talk about the specific print later that references Moloch, but. Yeah, there's like you you can definitely like look at them and see where some of some of the recent Hellboy stuff we've been looking at maybe was influenced by it. I think like Mignola's always too hard on himself and is like, I'm ripping this off. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I guess you know, you can be like pretty directly inspired by something and I I think his Mignola's is pretty distinctly his own. 
Yeah, totally. I'm really quickly looking at like a little blog that's like the best of Goya. And there's like a painting called Colossus that's really cool where it's like a giant like walking in in the horizon. That one's really cool. And then the other one that stood out, which is like exactly what you were just talking about, Kate, of like, of course, of course his stuff would influence Mike Mignola because there's a painting called Witches Sabbath from 1798 where straight up witches are like, there's a black goat in the center of them, like sitting, like sitting up like a man, you know, with like wreath in his horns and stuff. And you're like, yeah, something like that makes sense that Mignola would be (laughs) drawn to this. Yeah. (laughs) So cool. Great. Well, yeah. And then he continues his his way and he was like, I was halfway there with uh, the copying of the drawings. But then he continues to say, I invented the Knights of St. Hagen. Everyone always uses the Knights Templar for this kind of thing, but I like to make my own guys so nobody can tell me I got my facts wrong. I love it. <laughs> Which I, I think it. is a great practice. I do it's, that too. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to have to bump up against real truth. I'll just make yeah. something up that's uh, – that's uh, th- this is a tangent, but like that's always like what I like when like other comic books sort of try to do like Superman stories, but they just mm-hmm. – make another character that is clearly a copy of Superman so they can like, what if he would fucking murdered people? Right, right. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm all for that. It works. It just lets you have a little bit of, it lets you like, you know, you're drawing from the idea, but with like, you know, you get to be creative about it, you know, to be like bogged down by all of the fucking, I don't know. Well, like with Superman, it's like, there's so much that you'd have to keep like to stay canon. Yeah. Yeah, and with the Knights Templar, you don't want you don't want to be like, oh, well, they weren't around in this, in thirteen eighteen, they were doing something else, like you know, yeah, who who gives a shit? Yeah, he can put them anywhere, and it's this is an unfortunate thing because we're being introduced to these Knights of Saint Hagen, but the, he actually had developed a comic called with um, Andrea Muti and Lee Loffridge, the last night of St. Hagen, which was supposed to come out, I believe, this year, but that was canceled due to the all the Scott Alley shit. Damn. Yeah, Sucks. and it's a really cool cover. I remember having it in my holds, and then that stuff went down with Alley, and it just was like, and then I was reading, like, that got canceled, but then luckily Lady Baltimore apparently got canceled, but I think they now, have, it's going forward without Scott Alley's name attached to it. Okay. So that's good. I mean, there's only hope that they could do that with last night, but I guess it depends on what his contribution was. Which, right. But it's it's definitely a, a bummer that we won't be able to get to see that. Yeah. That's all. That's what I knew from St. Anne's. <laughs> um, but then again, continuing on um, Mignola's little foreword for this story, he says, I've never read anything about Moloch being worshipped in per- Portugal, but that doesn't mean it never happened. The stuff Jerry says at the end of the story was way too easy to write. Like Jerry, I don't sculpt, but I did do a very primitive sculpture of Moloch, which can be seen in the sketchbook section in the back. So I'd be able to draw that giant statue from different angles. It was actually fun to do. In fact, the whole story was a lot of fun to do. So why haven't I done a Hellboy story since? Uh, um, soon, I promise. <laughs> um, it's just very funny him coming back just to say, prove to something to himself. But then he's still that, as you've pointed out, Kate, um, still that very hard on himself, self-deprecating artist that he is. Yeah. And also it's just like, it's funny that he addresses it like, oh yeah, it was really funny. I enjoyed it. Uh, so you want more? I I don't know. I'll do it later. Like, it's like, clearly he's doing it at his own pace now. You know, he doesn't have to really 
meet the demands of, you know, like, and there's so much Hellboy stuff you have already. You know, if you're a fan clamoring and being like, give me more, give me more, the, I mean, it's probably better for his mental health to not listen to that or like try to churn something out just to appease people, you know? Yeah. Keep it fun for yourself or else what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. 100%. I think you're right on. Yeah. Um, And I would normally wait for the after the, the issue to discuss this, but I just went to the back immediately. His sculpture, that little tiny sculpture he made himself so he could do different angles is pretty good just for like... Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> like a little tiny, simple clay, I'm guessing. I was like, oh, you yeah. artist got it. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. I do. And I like that kind of behind the scenes of like, similar to like um, uh, Sean Phillips. I think it's Sean Phillips that d- works with Ed Brubaker on Criminal and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally his like sketchbooks or behind the scenes and there's probably other artists that do this they show you like how they convince their friends to like pose for them that's funny for certain stuff and then they they show what they created out of that i think those are always fun and fascinating to watch where the artist is like well i need this 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 is what i'm picturing my head so i'll just pose friends yeah take their photo and then just build off of that it's just informative it's fun it's helpful i think people too like some if some people that I know who, like, don't draw a lot are, like, asking me a little bit about drawing, they think, like, using a photo or, like, a reference or something is, like, bad. Like, it all has to come from your imagination. I'm like, no, everybody uses, like, sometimes dozens of reference photos for, like, any given thing. You know, it's like, yeah, use those because that's how you get a better understanding of, like, form and like human anatomy or any anatomy for anything like it's it's so important that makes total sense yeah so it's fun it's like reassuring to see that like even Mignola was like oh well how am I gonna draw this at this angle you know what I'll just make a little sculpture of it and that you know it's like encouraging to know that everybody kind of uses those things to help them yeah I think that's great I love it any fun any funny references you've ever created or made or done for something you've made before oh well i was doing these things for like college humor is still in existence as dropout that like subscription service but jess was doing these videos with rika shankar that's like erotic clubhouse like erotic fiction (laughs) erotic like fan fiction for different properties and stuff so they would do like like when animal crossing first came out they did one of like some of the animal crossing characters like hooking up or whatever or they did like yeah like, Reka really likes um, boy bands, so they did one with, like, boy bands, and they did, like, a Batman one and stuff. But, like, for all of those, I would draw, I, I was, like, the illustrator for those. And, yeah, I just had to, like, look up references. Like, if they were describing, like, if they were, like, talking about, like, Batman, obviously I'm, like, looking up, like, hundreds of, you know, there's so much Batman stuff to pull from. But then I'm also, like, looking up, like, they did one that was, like, Frasier, and it was, like, Niles. They were describing Niles having sex with Daphne in it in a Ooh. chair, in, like, the chair from the show. So I had to, like, yeah. look up the chair from the show, and then I was like, well, what does it look like, you know, from the third person where, a per- like, where what, like, because they described Daphne as being upside down. I was like, okay, so I have to Google couple 69ing in a chair or like variations on that because i'm like what is like i don't know like i gotta think of like where the legs are like you're really thinking of like the your composition for like some like 
you know, jokey, corny story or whatever. So yeah, those were probably the fun. Like, and that was like every single one. It would be like some crazy sex act, and I'd be like, okay, well, my Google searches are gonna be crazy looking. I love that. Yeah, it was. (laughs) It was really fun to draw though. It was like very silly and like you know, it was like dirty, but in a way that's like goofy and. But there's somebody out there getting hard on it, so. I mean, honestly, probably, maybe somebody. Better, you know, have fun. <laughs> I remember like always in the early days of internet and be in being introduced to pornography, there was always like the creepy, like insane, like like what's the, the rule you've talked about it, the internet rule? Oh yeah. Rule Oh God, hold on. I always forget the number, but I there was always I would always find my way into like something that would be like the Simpsons and I'd be like, ah. Rule thirty four. Rule thirty four. Yeah. Uh, there is porn of it, no exceptions. So if it exists, there's porn of it. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, I feel like The Simpsons and Family Guy are like a super popular one. It, you know, I feel like you could find a banner ad for any of that shit any given day <laughs> if you're like looking for porn and being like, oh, I guess there's a video game of Lois fucking, <laughs> you know, P- Peter, but also like uh, Brian, like you know, it's like I, yeah. this is like pe- people are into it, so people love that weird shit. Well, if you guys like to to get all horned up for that, you could pay four bucks a month and get drop out and look at all my dirty drawings of. <laughs> there you go, everybody. Various, yeah, <laughs> you can go look at my Fraser porn that I drew Hell for yeah. a little money. <laughs> Why don't you have a Patreon? You should have create yeah, a Patreon and make all that. I don't know who i guess college humor probably owns it you can go on my tumblr too and look at it that's so funny <laughs> yeah everybody check that out check right out my now. dirty tumblr pause the podcast go check out kate's dirty tumblr it's hot <laughs> it's it's i have a really stupid tumblr account name hot in this rhino stuff dot tumblr.com <laughs> i don't know well, it's it's from Ace Ventura 2, where he oh, crawls yeah. out of the rhino, the fake rhino that he's using to spy on people. Yeah. This is quite mm-hmm. the tangent, dude. I'm really going down, like, alleys. I and, love it. And <laughs> You're sharing another, on a whole other side to to yourself. I, I mean, it's just, it's it's mostly all of my drawings that I've done for, like, college humor, like, UCB teams and stuff, like, all my old posters. But the, all the most recent shit, like, I'm looking at, the Power Rangers one I did. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> We're like Goldar and Rita Repulsa had sex. Like, hot in this rhino stuff.tumblr.com. Go check it out. Right now, folks. Then come back. Go get back into Tumblr. It's like an antiquated website. Like, I don't tell people about it a lot because it's like, people are like, what the fuck are you still using Tumblr for? I don't know. I guess the kids yeah. don't like Tumblr. But it's easy to post all my pictures on there, so... Great. Why the hell not? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Everybody's going to check it out now and then they'll come back and then we'll get into the story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that being said, yeah, let's jump in. Let's do it. In the Chapel of Moloch, which was written and illustrated by Mike Mignola, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley and mm-hmm. Boo, and it was published October 2008. Yeah. And it's, it's great. It's like a opens up on a kind of a it's interesting like he kind of leaves the like for a while he would be doing like a title like a little title panel and then like um an insert of 
whatever, some small thing that kind of like runs throughout. Like, you know, if he did this, like, if he did this same comic, like, eight years ago, I feel like it would have a little insert of like a candle or, you know, something, a paintbrush or something like. Yeah, that would be totally right. But for this one, it, it looks like he just, he did like a wide shot of Tavira, Southern Portugal. And we have Hellboy talking to this guy who's basically like, he's the guy who called the BPRD. He's like, my friend is a painter. And we rented this space for six months. Um, he was, you know, going in painting at night and painting by candlelight, trying to trying to do something. And he was doing pretty well for a while. And then I had to go back to the United States and take care of some stuff. I hadn't heard from him in a couple weeks. He like stopped answering my calls. And so, yeah, we don't know what's up with him, where he is. And we wanted to call the BPRD because it's like a little freaky in there. Yeah. Um, and this guy like shows him his uh, his friends like art studio that uh, like this old church that they had rented. Yeah. And I wanted to point out, too, what's mm-hmm. really creepy is that he I like and I think it's a great little moment. Where, where does the Hellboy say when he's like he like tells him like, oh, he comes in it at, at night. To, like he paints at night. Mm-hmm. He sleeps during the day. And then he's like, I love this. He's like, I can't get in here any time during the day. No problem. Or during the day, no problem. But at night when he's here, I can't get the doors open and there are no locks on the doors. And Hellboy's just like looking at, with candlelight at paintings and he's just like, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of his thing that he'll repeat throughout the issue. That's pretty funny. He like keeps yeah. hearing stuff that's like bad, bad, bad. They're looking at the paintings and they're kind of like, you know, just a writhing sort of demonic looking little creatures or skulls and stuff like that. And Hellboy straight up says he's ripping off Goya. <laughs> I like that. Like there's a part of me that makes it two things that are funny about that. Yeah. Is one, it makes it so Hellboy is like educated. Like, it gives him, like, this funny, like, knowledge about this painter. Because I'll be honest, I probably, before this, if you put a Goya in front of me, I probably couldn't have said it. But, so I love that it Hellboy has knowledge. That's funny. Yeah. Um, Then I like that it's him, Mignola, immediately addressing, like, yeah, 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 everybody, I'm. I'm rip like you said in the forward, but in the comic, right. he's like, I'm ripping him off right now. And the artist, <laughs> Jerry, in this story, has a pretty... You know, a, a, a resemblance to Mike Mignola, I would say. You're right. Yeah, about that. I think you know. I think he's he's kind of poking fun at himself here too, a little bit. I don't think I would ever pick up a Hellboy book and be like, he's just ripping off Goya over here with these like, you know, yeah. this kind of demonic shit exists and like people paint it. Yeah, I would have never have thought he's a ripoff. Yeah. Of that. <laughs> um, but it's funny. His friend in response is like. Oh, you think today's audience knows who Goya is? Jerry's saving Goya's ass. This series would have made the old boy relevant again. And that would have been Jerry's statement. Using the old to define the modern to illustrate the relentlessness and unchangeable nightmare of human existence. So he's like defending his friend here. Like in the midst of having had to like call the BPRD about him too. Yeah. Um, and I love Hellboy's that like, it's just, if you say so. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love that in that pacing, he has that big chunk, what he just said of like defending his friend. And I love the choice of Mignola to put a panel of the painting in between that chunk. And then if you say so, yeah. it gives it just a fun comedic beat. And that too is like, uh, uh, definitely gives it the good beat, like the good pacing. But this is almost a almost a direct copy of Trials by Goya. It's like one Ooh. of his etchings. 
which Mignola references specifically in the sketchbook notes. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I got this idea from Moloch from Trials. There we go. He's like depicted in the background of the scene. And yeah, this looks like pretty much like it's like Mignola's version of that image. Ooh. So yeah, this is like, you know, his, the Jerry's friend is continuing to tell Hellboy about like, yeah, he like stopped painting, I guess, but he ordered all of this clay, like a ton of it. I got the receipts for it. And he sculpted this guy over here. And Hellboy just takes a look and says, crap, it's like a giant clay sculpture of Moloch. (laughs) Yeah. With his hands kind of held out, his like paws sort of held out in this like cupping gesture. Yeah. Um, So strange. Yeah. And yeah, so (laughs) um, Hellboy's like, yeah, has he? And he's never sculpted before. Not since I've known him. And I've known him a long time. Huh. That's not good. <laughs> so just more of that. Like, yeah. Oh, that's not good. More more shit looking not very good in here. And he's sort of like asking about it. He's And Jerry's friend is like, I don't really know anything about this. I don't know much about the sculpture, the subject or whatever. But I guess he, you know, in his ramblings, as he's been like walking around like a zombie, he has said a few times the name Moloch. Ooh. And Hellboy's like, Hellboy recognizes the name. He knows that Moloch is the abomination of the children of Amon. And <laughs> they used to sacrifice children to him, basically. And then Hellboy sees in the chapel, one of these bricks has a little carving into it. And Hellboy recognizes it as the symbol of the Knights of St. Hagen, who are basic, you know, read Knights of Templar, basically. And he's talking about like, oh, they were like secret police for the church during the Crusades. And if some bad shit was going down, they went there and, and stopped it. And they were like relentless and pretty rough and brutal on their own. But at least yeah. they stopped a lot of bad stuff. But all of and then he says, but um, a lot of times, a lot of the time, the really bad stuff, it doesn't go away completely. And he looks back at the statue of Moloch. He grabs like a palette knife, like a, it's for like mixing paint. And he grabs that out of this like little uh, cup of brushes and stuff that Jerry had there. And he stabs the statue kind of lightly, but the statue starts bleeding. Ooh. Jerry's friend's like, oh, you know, it just says choke. But he's, you know, you get the impression he's like, oh, oh. oh that's not good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> You said he wanders in here like a zombie. So Hellboy kind of hatches this quick plan of like, okay, so we can't open the doors after he's in here at night. So we'll just hide in here until it until night falls and he'll come in here and we'll see what's going down. So that's exactly what they do. And the candle, like when Jerry walks in, the candles ignite with this like creepy green glow. Ooh. It's like green flame. And they're kind of watching him walk over to the statue And he calls to Moloch. And then this thing, this little, like, kind of, like, skull-faced sort of little creature comes crawling out from the ground, like, moves aside a stone and crawls out. Does a stone move or is there just a... I think there's just a fucking hole in the ground. Oh, there's just a... You're right, you're right, you're right. (laughs) Like, like, I'm only pointing that out because it is just, like, another creepy element of the chapel itself. It's just a... It's just a spooky hole. hole. Uncovered (laughs) hole that you could fall into. You're right, that is worse. (laughs) Yeah, and this little creature comes scritching out of there. And Jerry's friend's like, what is that? Hellboy's like, I don't know. But I don't like it. And then it crawls up to Jerry, who seems to be like entranced or something. He's like not really resisting at all. Crawls onto Jerry's back and is whispering a little something into his ear. And then Jerry starts 
sculpting. He's like sculpting. You assume, presumably, like the little thing is being like sculpt this, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And Jerry's sort of the the hands. Put a little skull man here. Right. <laughs> it's like flames engulfing a, a skeleton, you know, like really cool shit. And then Hellboy turns to Jerry's friend and says, "See this? It's a silver button from the coat of Bishop Zrini." was wearing when he fought the Carpathian goat. He did what? And then Hellboy goes, <laughs> hey, you! And the little guy turns to look at him. Hellboy flicks the coin like he's playing quarters or something. He flicks the coin into this little guy's skull, into his eye hole, and it, like, <laughs> lights up the inside of his skull. Hellboy goes, hole in one, baby! Which is great. <laughs> and then Jerry's friend goes up to Jerry, who's trying to, like, revive him, basically, and be like, what are you doing? What's going on? He says, I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, you get the sense he's, like, kind of out of it. His eyes look, he looks, like, pretty gaunt and skeletal himself. And, and you know, he looks like a, he looks like Mike Mignola didn't sleep for a week, basically. A hundred percent on that close-up, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. It feels so young Mike Mignola. For sure. <laughs> and then Hellboy's like clocking this guy and like just kind of giving him the business. Like, come here, I need that button back, you son of a... And then, of course, the Moloch statue gets like starts to come to life and howls. And then Hellboy says, well, you knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Which is funny. <laughs> sort of like a, not quite breaking the fourth wall, but like basically. But it's a little better for Mike. Yeah, for it's sure. almost like Mike commenting on all of his work. This whole up to thing this point. is very, feels very meta for Mignola. You know, he's like, <laughs> the, he's feeling like, you know, he's feeling a lot of stuff. Um, Hellboy's like, you're a big bastard. Let's see what you got. And then the artist, Jerry, is like, like, don't destroy it. Don't do it. The paintings aren't working. I'm just ripping off Goya. <laughs> and so he's like begging Hellboy not to destroy the sculpture, basically. But of course, the sculpture is like putting the wallop on Hellboy. So he has to. He's just beating the crap out of it. You know, we get a great boom in there. Yeah, we get three big booms yeah. and then one big spoken boom. It's yeah. amazing. Boom. Jerry says, no, no, you've got to let him smash it, Jerry. It's evil. It's all I've got. And then so the little like gremlin-y kind of guy hops back into his hole. Um, <laughs> Jerry's like, it's all I have left. As Hellboy like wallops the statue, it kind of shatters on the ground, leaving behind just the heart. And Hellboy's like, oh, what? The, the heart starts beating and booming. <laughs> And growing like these, um, you know, these like arteries start branching out and like Ooh. engulfing him and like going around the room, like not quite tentacly, but like on the on the verge. Yeah. Mignola loves a good tentacle, but this one's like beating and spreading. And Hellboy takes out his gun, blasts it and says, that was something. <laughs> As like Jerry was pleading with him not to do it. And Hellboy turns to Jerry. Sorry. Sorry about that, Jerry. You've got to trust me, though. That was the only good way that. That was going to end. He says, I'm ruined. I'll never paint again. That's not the worst news I've ever heard. You should also stay away from sculpture. So like <laughs> Hellboy's like not super sympathetic. Like, yeah, your sculpture came to life and, um, you know, basically possessed you and all this shit. <laughs> and then Hellboy's just saying funny shit like that. He's like, yeah, you guys should get your rent money back. Um, you should have this place torn down. At the very least, he's got to do something about that hole in the floor. And then a little shot of the hole in the floor, like smoking with a the end question mark. I uh, know a question mark. Yeah. Like, 
It was. Is this going to come back? I, From what I know, it's not. But I love that it's a little question mark. Yeah, it's very fun. <laughs> it's very. Really, it is. It, it, when you said that, yeah, it's like it feels like a very meta thing. And even the like forward that Mignola includes, it just feels like he's tired or something. Like, or he's like, <laughs> you know, Mignola's like, you know, maybe he does have fun making these things, but it's clearly he's. You know, if if we look at Jerry as a analog for Mike Mignola, it's like he's burnt out on this one aspect of it. You know, the paintings aren't working. Maybe he wanted to try something new and maybe that didn't work either. Yeah. And that's making him upset or depressed or whatever. Um, so it's like it's like fun and kind of like relatable in that way where it's like, you know, an artist hits a wall sometimes. And yeah, like if I had read this like as things were being released in like chronological order when they got, I, I, after this is released, no one should have been surprised when he went, he like took a year off after Hellboy in Hell. He was just like, no, nah, I'm going to go do watercolor. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he clearly was like, I am, I love this. I came, entered this loving it, but now I'm tired. Yeah. And then he's like, I need a break just to fucking like recharge my passion. I mean, yeah. desire to do it. Because he definitely comes back. Right. And it's like, obviously, he's capable of doing it whenever he wants. A hundred percent. He'll make like a fun, cool thing. But yeah, this one felt like a nice... It's like both... It's both like an illustration of Mignola himself being like kind of tired and Hellboy doing his like kind of classic flippant fighting monsters kind of thing. Where he's like, he's really ramping up. He's he's talking a lot, you know. He's saying all of his like little quip stuff and being genuinely funny. Yeah. Which I feel like he. It's been a while since Hellboy's kind of been in that. I don't know mindset or whatever. I mean, this is set in 1992, so I guess he's like, you know, having fun, kind of. He's not with the weight of the world on his shoulder, you know. Yeah, his mythology hasn't like entered his life. Right. And the, I, I, you pointing that out is what I really like about the last page is all the language really reminds you that before before he runs, runs into Rasputin and stuff, like before that really enters his life fully, um, his what he's designed to be in a sense, or at least he's told to be, it's really cool that like you, this is a little reminder on this final page that he's just a working man. <laughs> like I think that's why he's flipping. It's like he's just like, hey. This is my job. And right. um, it's like a plumber coming into your house and going like, hey, this pipe, I can patch it, but you're just going to have to ask me back. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what he's saying. He's like, you better just fucking tear yeah, it down. you get your rent money back. Maybe tear this place down. Because <laughs> if you don't, I'm coming. Fucking you're right. Uh, you're going to get possessed <laughs> by Moloch again. So it's up uh, to you. <laughs> <laughs> this landlord might have known what was going to happen. Maybe get your money back from him or I don't know. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, do you have any like particular special like favorite panels or anything or dialogue, anything that stood out for you for the Chapel of Moloch? Um, I do like when Moloch comes to life. I think he looks really cool. I also like this little gremlin guy on like when Hubba goes like, hey, you and the thing like whips its head around. There's like a very simple, uh, like a very like economic uh, action line you know it's just mm-hmm. like a small little swivel and e- it conveys so much motion and stuff it's like really cool i think hole in one baby was really made me laugh <laughs> yeah. yeah it's fun <laughs> yeah uh yeah but but really it's just nice to see Mignola doing an, another 
comic. Totally. But those are probably my faves. He is definitely in like, it, this is nothing new, but this is like even more progression into his minimalist stage. For sure. Oh, yeah. Like wide shots are becoming like when they that that panel where they're entering and it's a wide into shows like the chapel and darkness in the wide. It's like Hellboy's just a couple of lines in red on it. Yeah, <laughs> like you get that like that's his big right. But it still conveys it so well. It's like yeah, yeah, it's very good. I'm a, I I really like in contrast. I like the Moloch when we first see the sculpture of Moloch, that panel where he says crap. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. And then I really like the first panel down the line where Moloch statue is alive and growling and he's and Hellboy's like you're a big bastard. Let's see what, what you Yeah. Got. I just like both of those. Yeah. I like that he's stepping off of the structure. Just the physicality of the of the sculptures bring, coming to life in one panel is Again, he, he once again, Mignola is able to convey life in one simple thing. It's just like just the idea of lowering his one leg mm-hmm. and foot to the ground. You immediately, when you look at that, you're like, yeah, this thing is in motion. Right. You don't need motion lines. You don't need any of that. You don't need multiple panels. You just need one that shows yeah. that we're all like on board a little bit. Being. He's kicking up dust, but it's like still very, it's not like a huge explosion of dust or anything. It's not like. So crazy. Yeah. 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 And I'm with you. I really like the creep. I think the guy on the back of Jerry is so creepy and perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I think we, we skimmed over this a little bit, but that's okay. Like I really like, and he's done this well in, in the past as well. And he's doing it once again. I like how much that we quickly get a, a history of the events that took place in this in the past with the Knights of St. Hagen with just yeah. like a couple of panels. Like that night that's like bloody drips coming off of his his gauntlet of his while he's holding his sword. It's such a cool like you have a baby panel that's all creepy where a baby's being held up for sacrifice and then a guy bleeding to death just saying Bolock's name. You just get immediately like in three panels. Yeah. Like, oh, this fucking place has some terrible history because of that one simple St. Hagen marking. You know? Yeah. I think that's so cool. Oh, dude, you know what else is cool? When So, like, when Moloch's statue comes to life and, like, his there's, like, a panel of his hand reaching towards Hellboy and Hellboy's, like, face and left hand with his gun are in silhouette, except for, like, Hellboy's little blinky eyes. Yeah. Um, And he goes, like, oh, crap. It's That's just a fun panel, too. I really like that one. Yeah, you're right. That is a great one. The use of shadow is so good in that. Oh, yeah. I like that. And I, I really wanted to point out this comedic moment of the button because I think it's so funny that he, like, over-explains the button. Right. And, but he and says I it lo- like it's like, you know, like, you know, when this happened. Yeah. But it's like, it's, and the guy's like, what? He did what? What did he do? Like, yeah. it's such a funny, like, I can see how you would perform it, you know, yeah. in my head. Totally. Like, he did what? Like before, like he's just saying that because he's like completely lost. I'm like, why are you telling me this? He, he said it too like he was going to impress him. Like he was going to be like, yeah. look, this is what I've got, okay? You know when this happened? And he's like, what are you talking about? Hey, you. And Hellboy's already like chucking it at this guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's such funny timing. Yeah. It's like if you told Abe that, he'd be probably like, cool, let's use it. Sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that's a great moment. Totally, it's a good, it's a good solid. Like, it's a brief return from Mignola, but it's it's just very solid. Yeah, I still still love it. The big question is, do you think if Jerry's a stand-in for um for Mignola, do you think he worships a demon, and that's why this comic book is so good? 
these years, you know? I guess you really you think it's he like, sold his soul at the at the crossroads? I think that's what an artist asks themselves. It's like, especially if he's like commercially successful, he's probably like, <laughs> am I selling out? Am I selling my soul for, you know, am I selling my character in a way that doesn't, you know, satisfy me creatively? Is that being a liar? Is that being like not true to myself or or am I just like grubbing for money in this way? Like, you know, he's probably pretty haunted by that shit. He's got like this big commercially successful thing that probably fans are pretty demanding of. And I, you know, it sounds exhausting. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You are right. I was trying to make, I was trying to make a joke and you made it, you made it real. No, I think, I think that all of this shit is a pretty straightforward metaphor for all of the stuff that he's probably dealing with, you know? Yeah, totally. Just being like, not, you know, the paintings aren't doing it anymore. I'm ripping off Goya. Like <laughs> feeling like he's not, he's not inspired to do the thing that he had been doing. He's trying this new thing and it kind of backfires a little bit, you know, whatever that might be in his mind. Yeah. Solid. I, I have one other panel to point out. Super dumb and simple on the page where after he's told about, after they see the, the statue of Moloch two pages later, that close up of Hellboy when he says, Oh, I just think is such a solid close up of Hellboy's face. Oh, I don't yeah. know why. It just like defines it's, it, this is the one where I'm like, if they ever, if there is ever an animated version down the line or somebody, they try to do another casting of Hellboy, which we probably will never get, but I feel not like for I like wanna, 20 years or some shit. Like we're not going to, yeah. yeah. I'd want them to pull this kind of this panel and be like, this is what we need this version to look like. Mm-hmm. I want this. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> like I need a, I need a, an actor that has this close to this, like cheekbone structure, then add the other things to it. Cause yeah. I don't know. That's all. That's all I took away from that one panel. <laughs> the actor who's like going to play Hellboy is like born this year or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't think we're going to see another movie version of it for a little bit. Yeah, it's not a bad, terrible thing. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's a great issue. And um, that being said, we'd love to hear all of your guys' thoughts out there, yeah. listeners. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this one shot of In the Chapel of Moloch. Um, Moloch is definitely a character that is was really mentioned in the Bible. <laughs> they yeah. On the wiki, they showed like if it was in Leviticus or something, one chapter of that or something. But I love like his use of a real demon, <laughs> that yeah. at least mytholo- mythology wise. But very solid. But again, we w- want to hear your thoughts. Oh, and we didn't real quick before we do that. Before I give the email, which you all know is ah crap a hellboy podcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> before I do that. <laughs> before I do that, and, you know, tell you to email in, which I've already done. Um, let's talk about the cover real oh, quick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the cover is another Mignola special. It's it's pretty jam packed for what we expect from Mignola. Well, I guess he's like surrounded by the paintings. Yeah. It's like almost like he's, he was haunted by his ripping off of Goya. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to take my creation and surround him with what I'm haunted by. These are my versions of Goya. (laughs) I wonder if he like read some critic or something who like said that. And he was like, what the fuck? (laughs) They're right. (laughs) You know, like, I wonder why he got so caught up on it. It's, It's just funny. Did you notice that I, I my version of the cover is not zooming up properly? But there's like he has added 
So he has his, if you look at the signatures, he has his classic M signature, uh-huh. but by it, he's included a Goya one. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. He's ripping uh, off Goya, man. The whole cover, he's ripping them off. And then you have so Moloch funny. in the background there, like just barely visible. It's cool. Yeah. I like the, the, the angular energy that's back there with Moloch. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool. And it's cool because it's like he made it so like these paintings are like, you get the impression that they're on easels, like they're, you know. Yeah. Very cool. Totally. Or not easels, but like canvas, stretch canvas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you, I mean, I like a spooky-ass Hellboy holding a candle. like right. Almost like he's in some mystery, classic mystery. Can't go wrong. Very good cover. Very fun cover. Agree. That's it. But you guys, again, <laughs> you could tell us all your thoughts on the cover and everything else. Just give us an email at ahcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. Um, did you have any suggestions or anything? You know what I started? I just started reading this, so I don't know if I can fully recommend it. But so like, were, were you ever like a Dragon Ball fan? Um, I can't call myself a fan. That's fine. That's fair. Well, the the artist who like originally like designed the characters and like did the manga and stuff like that, Akira Toriyama, he used to do this comic called Dr. Slump. And I guess Ooh. it would like... I just got the like compiled version of like the first like the first like manga of it. I'm reading that. I love his art. It's like so fucking cute. It's like a little creepy, but like not in a way that's like, you know, for like manga, you could get really creepy with this shit sometimes. Like, but it's it's not like overtly horrible yet, but it's like a it's like a 28 year old scientist invents a robot and the robot looks like a little girl, like a prepubescent girl. So it's like, you get the impression that it's almost like a daughter, a little sister, like a little scamp that's like getting, you know, kind of like getting him into little like troublesome, mischievous situations. (laughs) So it's not like sexual or anything like that, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's just like the, it could sound very sexual, I guess, but I just started reading that and it's cute as shit. So I love it. What's it called again? Dr. Slump. S-L-U-M-P. Love it. Yeah. That's great. The only thing I can come up with to suggest is mainly because I just watched it and I loved it. And also the element in this, the Chapel of Moloch, like we have a little creature sort of controlling Jerry. Mm-hmm. The movie called Possessor from last year, it's Brandon Cronenberg. Um, it's Cronenberg's son's first movie, I believe. Or at least it's his son. I don't know if it's his first, but... This movie's awesome. It's very, it's like perfect visceral filmmaking. It's very brutal. But the whole premise is just like an assassin that they like takes over people's body in order to do other assassinations. Oh, that's cool. all I'll, that's all I'll tell you about it. But it's just, it's it like looks creepy. This like image that yeah. pops up when you search it. It's like sci-fi horror, a little bit of body horror, like at its best. And especially it's like, Clearly, it's like it's the example of also what I love is something that's like, yeah, there's probably there's budgetary limitations, but they find way they you can tell they were like, we're going to use our budget where we need it and then we'll creatively work around the limitations. Nice. So you never so you're not you know what I mean? So you're not like watching something that you feel like, oh, I see where the budget was missed. You're just seeing somebody have to. It's creative. It just all comes off creative. I think that's where people. Yeah, I think that's the best place to be when you're making. Because then you have to find creative solutions. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's so good. I, I'm a huge fan of it. I loved it. Awesome. I, loved it. I definitely want to watch it. That sounds fucking Check out Possessor. But that's it for this episode, folks. Yeah. Again, um, you can follow us on Instagram at Ah Crap a Hellboy Podcast, Twitter Ah Crap Hellboy. Reminder though, if you do comment on there, we will uh, try our darnest to reply all the time. But if you want your thoughts shared, once again, please email us at Ah Crap a Hellboy Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. That's how we want to share your thoughts, and we love your thoughts, so please send those along. And if, on whatever platform you are currently listening to us, if they give you the option to subscribe, rate, and review, do so. But if you go out of your way to go onto Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review that starts with the word boom, we will read your review right here on the show and give you a big old shout-out. We call those boom reviews. So please give us a boom review and review wherever you can. Um, that will bring more listeners to the show because we love talking this stuff and then hearing from you. Yeah. But that's it. This was a fun um, issue and a return from Mignon. I think he pretty much is going to go dormant for a while. Yeah. Um, other than Ryder, but we have more stuff to cover. But we'll we'll see you next week. Thank you again for listening. And remember. We love you. Yeah. Imagine a podcast. Now, imagine a musical. Now. Imagine the two of them made one million babies. Well, you don't have to imagine it, because it's real, and it has a name. One Million Musicals. Each month, we bring you a brand new, original podcast musical featuring talent from across Broadway, films, and TV. You'll hear tales of spooky ghosts, Wild West shootouts, adventures on the high seas, and much, much more. One million musicals. Only a few hundred thousand to go. A Campfire Media Podcast. Campfire.